LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Well, hello, I'm Madeline Galea. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry each week. Well, the bosses aren't here. They've gone on holidays. Um, And I am, yeah, Scott and Derek are away, but we have Steve Gibbons with us. Thanks for having me. No, great to have you. Now, you were in the Air Force. That's right. How long for? I joined in 2005, uh, a year out of school, and I haven't left, so coming up on 16 years. Yeah, great. And can you tell us any cool stories or scary stories? Yes. Well, so I joined in 2005 as a pilot, uh, which then you spend about two years of training. and on one of those training missions, my instructor was, uh, you know, telling me the next sequence we were about to fly. And kind of out of the corner of our eye, it was almost like a bird flying towards us, but it moved so quickly. Um, uh, an aeroplane went flying straight through our level of airspace. Um, and I was my third flight oh my gosh. <laughs> on, on pilot's course. And so I had no idea really what had happened. But my instructor probably knew the severity of um, what had just happened a lot more than I. And so he uh, he actually lost it a little bit. And uh, he was very stressed about how he knew that he that we almost died. And uh, he took us took us home straight away. And he, I'm sure his heart rate was up. But uh, I was just along for the ride at that point. And then later on found out there was some students who were on the course ahead of us. And they were doing some advanced aerobatics. And they had, had kind of pulled up for one of their manoeuvres and hadn't cleared their airspace and seen us before entering their uh, oh aerobatic maneuver and so went flying straight past us probably about 20 meters or so oh, uh, past wow. us. well uh great to have you with us the one thing is brought to you thanks to geneva push the australian church planning network over the past 10 years we've helped plant 100 churches in australia and we're aiming for 200 more by 2030 but for now you've pressed play on another episode of the one thing and zach day So in the Geneva Push Network, uh, many churches are in areas with strong migrant populations. Mm. So I guess the question is, how would that affect the way the church relates to Anzac Day? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I suppose considering that lots of people in our churches have come from countries where there has been conflict Mm. and Australians and New Zealanders and other allies have been, they've been opposed in those conflicts. At first glance, you might feel like it would be a strange thing to then ask people from those countries to participate in a commemoration of the wars where they were the enemy. On the other side, yeah. 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 But I think um, it's, one of those, it's one of those things about what Anzac Day is actually meant to be doing and what, mm. what it's um, actually commemorating and, and thinking about, uh, which I think helps to answer that question in a little way. Um, it's not a glorification of war mm. and it's not a kind of maintaining the us and them um, battle lines. Yeah. I think lots of countries uh, since having come out of the war can recognise that um, it was a terrible thing uh, having, to, having to go to war on yeah. both sides. And there's almost this um, paradoxical in a way, this they become comrades mm. uh, and, a, and a mutual respect for one another having fought. 
Um, and I think that then trickles down into the, the population as time goes by. An example of you know where you see that in play is for Anzac Day um, in Turkey is probably one of the biggest uh, commemoration services that happens around the globe yeah, okay. as people gather at Anzac Cove. Mm. Um, you know, maybe they're participating in it for the tourist um, dollar. A lot of New Zealanders and Australians going over there to um, commemorate that service. But this year is, um, you know, international travel restrictions because of COVID mm. and they're still going ahead with commemorating the service. So I think that illustrates in a way the... Um, the it's not as uh, prickly uh, a topic for for migrants or people from other countries to pause and reflect and remember those who have given their lives in in war, uh, yeah. and they'll have their own um, men and women who who have done the same. Do you think it would differ if um, maybe like fifty fifty percent of your church is let's their the their generations in their family have been living in Australia for quite a while as mm. opposed to most of the church only two generations have really been here in Australia therefore they don't have much of uh, a connection to it even mm. in knowledge or education on it uh, because it's not really their history would it differ in locations like that I think it would be worthwhile talking to the congregation and working out whether that's something that they would like to participate in yeah. uh, and even getting their views on Anzac Day mm. um, and whether it would be appropriate for your church to participate in a commemoration service or remembrance service of some sort. Yeah. Um, when, we, when I was thinking about that question, one thing that did come to mind is the different views that people might have of Anzac Day and it mm. might not just be the migrant population. It could be um, Australians. Yeah. Um, Caucasian, you know, Westerners even that have a perception that Anzac Day is a glorification of war, or um, uh, maintaining again those those uh, battle lines that were drawn um, decades, centuries ago. Yeah. And so, in that case, I'd want to be careful about participating in Anzac Day if that's what they're thinking is behind it. Yeah. Uh, and so, it would be worthwhile again talking to people and working out if that's their perception of it. Yeah. Uh, and I, mean, I would say to help correct them mm. in that view. Um, but yeah, yeah it'd be worth a conversation. So let's go down the line of we do commemorate in certain churches, we will commemorate um, Anzac Day and what that could look like. And you've preached at a at Anzac Day last year at Vine Church. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It was a good sermon. I had a listen during COVID. It was good. Um, so what kind of passages would you recommend if someone wanted to do that? And even big ideas as well. Yeah. Well, there's certainly lots of themes that cross over between um, sacrifice of men and women at war mm. and, and even just in wartime that carry across to the gospel. Yeah. So sacrifice, service of others, uh, freedom, justice, the desire for peace, um, mm. plenty of themes which carry across. Yeah. Uh, last year I preached on Mark 10, 45, yeah. the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This year, Anzac Day falling on a Sunday, I'll be preaching on John 15, 13, uh, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Mm. Um, but yeah, any of those themes yeah. and, and passages that might come out of there. Uh, Psalm 46, uh, longing for the day where God would bring um, justice and peace um, and, and finding it in him is, uh, 
is perhaps another standout. Yeah. And so do you also have prayers on the day that are related to Anzac Day? Yes, we will. Um, in terms of prayers, it's a tricky one. I've seen in the past people can be tempted in their prayers to be um, thanking those who have gone before them mm. rather than thanking God for the men yeah. and women who he used. Um, or there's a uh, sometimes a hint of um, that their service, their faithfulness is something which we're going to we're going to follow and that that would somehow even make us worthy of uh, our own salvation. Mm. And so those things I'd I'd want to be very careful about. Um, And uh, but in terms of prayers, um, plenty of things, again, to be praying for, praying for uh, thanking God for those who have laid down their lives for our freedoms, Um, uh, asking God to bring peace. Yeah. Uh, praying for leaders and giving them wisdom in the way that they um, lead a country and yeah. interact with other countries. Yeah. Um, so that'd be some of the things I'd be praying for. Yeah. And even the reality of Australia compared to the rest of the world, we are incredibly blessed by God with the safety that we have. And um, yeah, well, I think just comparatively, we're Australia is a great country that we're very blessed by. Yes. Yeah. So we can be thanking God for the freedom which we enjoy. Yeah. 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 So how can we leverage Anzac Day uh, to reach those around us with the gospel? Yeah, well, I was just thinking about this year, particularly being a COVID year. Mm. Um, I think there there may be in people's local areas normal dawn service or Anzac memorial services which won't be going ahead mm. um, because people aren't able to navigate what COVID looks like for them in a service. Yeah. Or I've seen a number of services which are going ahead, but they're ticketed. And so not everyone's going to be able to commemorate Anzac Day like they normally would. Yeah. And so I think there will be a desire for people to attend an Anzac Day service, whatever that might look like. Mm. And there would be an opportunity for churches to put one on and invite the public to come and join them. Mm. But I do have a word of warning. Yeah, with, yeah, go for it. With that. Um when I've got a story to mm, tell first. Love stories. When I was 13, I had joined Air Cadets mm. and it was my very first Anzac Day that I'd ever done. We were in Port Macquarie and we marched down the main street and we in the town green. And the, the local minister, he had an opportunity to address the crowd on Anzac Day. Mm. I was a Christian at the time and so I was expecting to hear about Jesus and his sacrifice, yeah. at least one line. And uh, he didn't take the opportunity. And I was shocked um, that he that he didn't, mm. and perhaps I perhaps I was expecting actually a full on gospel presentation, yeah. which he didn't deliver on. But it wasn't until just just a few years ago now I went to an Anzac Day service where a politician hijacked essentially Anzac Day for their own purposes and to promote yeah. their own political party, mm. as if the Anzac Day ser- uh, as, as if the Anzac served for um, for his own party yeah. to be I don't elected think that's at the next what election. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was it was borderline offensive. Yeah. And so I was aware at that point that to invite people to come to an Anzac Day service, they're expecting to remember the Anzacs and all those who have given their lives in times of war. Mm. And so there needs to be Uh, and addressing a a marking of the occasion, an acknowledgement that that's what people have come for. So if you are going to leverage 
Anzac Day, use mm. it for its mission purposes, which are there, yeah. then you'd want to be careful with how you then, um, how you then, you know, frame your service mm. on that Sunday, uh, and so that it's not a complete hijacking of um, of the Anzacs. Though, yeah. of course, it Jesus's sacrifice is what we'll be pointing people to, the yep. freedom which we can find in him, the peace which God has um, secured for us. But there's there's needs to be care with um, how you do that if you've invited the public to join you. For a particular for a, reason. For a particular reason. Yeah, and also to protect the pulpit and for it to be about Jesus. But, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we've, we've touched on this a bit, but how much of a place should Anzac Day take on this coming April for churches? Uh, I guess what would your advice be to ministers? Does it frame the whole service? Uh, does, it, is, does it just come in in the sermon? Um, yeah, what would your mm. advice be? I think this year being Anzac Day falling on a Sunday um, lends itself perhaps more than other years to it. Mm. And so it could be worthwhile giving it a shot this year. Um, More attention than other years when mm. it's on, yeah, like a Saturday last year. That's right, mm. yeah. And like you said about other days in the year, we could mention Valentine's Day and talk about how the greatest act of love is Jesus or Father's Day and how God is the greatest father that you can have. And some Father's Day is happy for some and it's actually really sad for others. But if it's all pointing back to the gospel uh, and you know the people in your congregation, you can serve them by using the day that we celebrate um, and pointing it back to the Bible. I think so. Yeah. What's the one thing you want to say about Anzac Day? The one thing about Anzac Day is to know the occasion, know your people, and to preach Jesus. Mm. Um, It doesn't need to be uh, completely, what's the word, Um, hijacked. Mm. Um, Know the occasion, why people have gathered there, know your people, um, whether they'd be expecting to, wanting to commemorate, remember, preach Jesus. The connections between um, Anzac Day and the gospel are rich. Great. Well, uh, in the toolbox today, we have, Steve, we have your sermon that you did last year uh, at Vine Church, uh, which we'll have in the show notes. We also have two articles from the Gospel Coalition. One is Why is Anzac Day so popular in our secular age by Steve McAlpine. The other is Anzac Day and the Search for Identity by Stephanie Judd. Well, thanks so much for coming in and joining us today, Steve. Thanks for having me. Uh, Come to the Reach Australia Conference. It's held in nine state-based hubs from 1 to 8 p.m. on the 18th and 19th of May. Uh, We'll have meals together, we'll sing together in each location, uh, and we're currently working out what is going to be in your goodie bag. So I highly recommend registering, and you can do that at reachaustralia.com.au to get your tickets. I'm Madeline Glear. I'm going on holidays next week, so I'll chat soon.